Welcome to A Geek and a Nerd, a podcast discussing all things nerdy and geeky. We're your hosts, Scotty and Rachel, and together we share a more than casual interest in a wide variety of pop culture. Join us as we talk about movies, books, video games, and more. Let's dive into this week's episode on Marvel's Loki series. Hi, I'm Scotty, and I'm a geek. And I'm Rachel, and I'm a nerd. And today, we're talking about Marvel's Loki, which just just wrapped up last week. Last week. Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, Which, by the time you're hearing this, will be later than that. If you are just joining us for the first time, we're a brand new baby podcast. Our first episode aired last week. It was just a little bit of an intro to us, letting you know that we're a married couple. We've both been into nerdy things or geeky things since we were young. Um, we have apparently differing opinions on the definitions of geeks and nerds. But that was episode one. And episode two, we're jumping straight into the pop culture, the recent events, which is Loki. Loki series. It was awesome. It was awesome. And we want to talk about it and share our general thoughts. Um, The theme of this podcast is that we are not experts by any means. We do not have any kind of in-depth encyclopedic knowledge of these characters or these worlds. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do have a more than casual interest. And I do have some comic book knowledge that I can share. Yes. But we're not experts. We're just here to talk and chat. Yes. Mostly for ourselves, but if you want to listen along as well. Yeah. So let's just jump right in and talk about Loki. Um, Scotty, share with me your general thoughts on just like the series as a whole. Um, Fair warning, this will be completely spoiler filled. So if you haven't finished Loki, stop listening, go finish it and then come back. Yes, correct. Um, I very much enjoyed it. I feel like it was an incredibly different feel than the other two marvel series were in a very very good way it's uh it opens up so much uh in regards to the multiverse going forward and just the marvel cinematic universe in general um it's the possibilities are now endless and i'm really glad that they brought king into the world now because it's gonna be really cool so you enjoyed it very much so, yes, okay. I did. And just as like a little PSA, we do have dogs that are loud in the background. So if you hear any strange noises, that is where it came from. Um, I have to say that this has been my favorite thing that Marvel has ever produced. The like ever? Ever produced. That is hard to believe. I know. But the thing is, is it's it's like speaks right to my heart with the tropes. Like I love time travel stories. Yeah, Wibbly yeah. wobbly, timey wimey shit is my jam. Timey wimey. That's a Doctor Who reference that ah, you did it. not get. Doctor Who, okay. we should talk about Doctor Who at some point. At some point. But that's why we make such a good team is because I have nerd knowledge that you don't have. That's true. And you have nerd knowledge I don't have. I hear But the time shit is my jam. I love the kind of bro moments that we get with Loki and Mobius. That's also my yeah, jam. Yeah. I love bro stories. Just all of it is really catered for me personally. And love I don't it. know. I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, same. I liked a lot of... Um, the unspoken things like in regards to, and I'm connecting a lot of the comic books and I'll stop, but um, the relationship between Renslayer and Kang, 
uh, that was completely unspoken in this series. But if you've read comic books or, you know, if you're, you're even involved on TikTok and stuff like that or YouTube or anything that talk about it, you, you know, that relationship there. So it's kind of cool to um, uh, guess and see where they're, where they're, if they're going to go anywhere with that. Yeah. Um, and or what's if it's just happen. a fun Easter egg. Yeah. I think Marvel's really good about that, of making yeah. the story understandable if you don't know the comics, but throwing right. in enough of those little tidbits that right. super nerds are like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's what that's from. Yeah, it's cool. And even if they don't do anything with it, it's still like cool to know, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So as far as how you would rank this one among the three, like let's do a quick ranking of the okay. three series that Marvel's put out this year and like why you put them in that order. Um, I would honestly say that is number two for me. Okay, what's number one? I think WandaVision is number one for me. And simply because it started out so mysterious mm. and it it really did not get less mysterious until like halfway through the series. You know, we it was just this TV show that Wanda and Vision were doing and like that yeah, was it like, for a while. What the heck is going on? And it was just so fascinating how they did it and, and the time jumps and, and all that stuff was just really, really cool. And how the show ended up too was was really cool with her um unleashing her full potential of scarlet witch and her kind of discovering that yeah but you would put falcon and the winter soldier last i would yeah um yeah it was rather boring if i'm being totally honest with you we had a conversation off microphone where there are two side characters lunge into a main character position that and it the did, work it didn't was, work. The work wasn't put in yeah. by the writers to make those side characters into main, main characters, characters. And we didn't care. Yes, I forgot yeah. about that conversation. Yeah, yeah. So I agree wholeheartedly with that. I think it was really cool that, again, brought it back to the comic books, um, that they kind of ended canon a little bit with, with the comic books. Specifically, I'm talking specifically about Winter, or, uh, Falcon's suit straight from from the from the comic books and it's really really cool to see um but overall i think the story itself left a lot to be desired although um u.s agent came out of it and that's a whole nother storyline so that could be a whole thing that they include in future series i know they're not planning on doing a falcon winter soldier season two yeah that's going to pick up in the films thank god (laughs) yeah (laughs) So, um, I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with U.S. agent? Yeah. And we are planning on doing an episode on Falcon and the Soldier at some point, just kind of giving more in-depth thoughts. Correct. Of what we thought of it. Yeah. Because um, I'm tempted right now to just share all of my thoughts. But yeah, then no. this would become a Falcon and the Winter Soldier <laughs> episode. If it's not, it's a Loki episode. Right. Which, if you didn't guess from my general thoughts, that um, this was definitely outranked one for both you. of them. WandaVision was really good. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of a little too out there for me to call it a favorite. I really appreciated how they did things very differently, but I I wouldn't, I think that it was too different for it to be a favorite of mine. I don't know if that makes sense. Also, I'm just a fan of the Loki character and Tom Hiddleston and what they've done with him. So Loki's obviously number one, WandaVision's number two. Honestly, I also really just struggled with the ending. I did not enjoy the ending of WandaVision. Right. Did not like it. Yeah, I remember that conversation because she just sort of like got all of her powers. Yes. She spends the majority of the show, the series, just being very 
unsure of herself and very confused as to what her power level actually is. And then she has this confrontation with Agatha or Agnes and all of a sudden there's a flip of a switch and suddenly she's more powerful than the most powerful witch that's existed right. in the last de- centuries. It didn't sure. make any sense to me. But again, not going into that. Yeah. And while there were elements to Falcon and the Winter Soldier that I enjoyed, I'm thinking of them now. Um, Freaking Carter. What's the... Shannon? Yeah. Shannon. I I was not expecting what they did with her storyline. Oh, yeah. I actually enjoyed what they kind of set up with this idea of resistance movement after the people from the snap came back. Sure. That was very intriguing to me, as well as setting up Vanessa, Victoria. Vic- who, the U.S. agent lady? Yes. Victoria, yes. Victoria. When they introduced Victoria in that quick little tidbit, it was very obvious that this was going to be something big. And then with her yeah. reappearance in the Black Widow post credit scene, yeah, I'm very excited to see what they do with that storyline because it just seems so interesting to me. Like, what has she got going on? So For that's sure. why I would put okay. the three. I didn't actually say why I'd put Falcon Winter Soldier last. I just didn't enjoy it. Yeah, I, yeah. That's not my kind of story that I'm interested in. I think so... It's interesting that we had we both kind of had the same understanding about Falcon and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, as in they uh, put two side characters and just throw throw them into main character roles and it didn't work. But I feel like with Loki, I would consider him a side character. Oh, no way! Absolutely, no way. He's I, a, he's a side character, but he's not as side of a side character as Bucky and Falcon. he still is though. I was going to say. But he has main character energy. Sure. Yeah. If we're going to talk about main character energy, okay. Loki has it. It's like big dick energy. Is it? No. It's a thing. <laughs> no, it's a TikTok trend of like okay. who has main character energy. I was going to say <laughs> you can disagree that he is less of a side character. He's still a side character. Okay. You're right. And they did much better with this story than... He had more of a story built up. He'd been in like, what, six movies? Well, so had Falcon the Winter Soldier? Mm-mm. Bucky had been in maybe three. Falcon, two. And every instance that Falcon was in one of the movies, it was literally for like five minutes for him to swoop in on his wings and then swoop back out. I disagree with you. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> okay, so next we're going to kind of do a quick character breakdown. Character this breakdown. This is not going to be quick. Of yeah. the, let's see, five, what we would consider most important characters of this series. Yes. So we have Loki, Z- Sylvie, Mobius, <laughs> and I put Ravina down in my notes earlier, but that's not, Renslayer. it's Ravona. It's Ravona Renslayer. Ravona, okay. Ravona Renslayer and Kang the Conqueror. Well, not officially the Conqueror. Just Kang. Just Kang. We'll meet Kang the Conqueror later. Truth. So, okay, what? how did you feel like they did with Loki's character? Because I know there's been a lot of criticism yeah, about yeah. his character arc. Sure. So I think that I'm actually of the opposite thought. I think there was one specific moment in the show that instantly changed his arc. And it was when he saw his death. Right. It changed who he was as a person. And then from then on, his story was different. And I think they, they, they did that really well. Um, he became more compassionate. He, he became uh, more of a human being than, you know, some deity or something like that. Um, so I think 
that they did a really good job at defining the moment in which his life changed. Um, and so I liked it a lot. Would you say, like, if we're looking at Loki's arc, as far as we knew it up until the series, you think the moment his life changed was when he died? Yeah, I mean, you can you can see from Avengers and Avengers Endgame that he was still making decisions like he was the old Loki, like the Loki that brought the alien army to New York. He was still that same Loki, you know, like uh, when they were trying to gather the Infinity Stones in Endgame and um, the uh, was it Time Stone. No, what was it? Space. Yeah, right. The this, this space stone flew out of the, the the Tesseract, flew out of the briefcase, and he grabbed it and escaped. That's same old, same old Loki, I feel like. And that's where the show picked up. Right. Um, and so I still feel like he was... I'm not talking about that arc. I'm talking about the arc that we saw after Endgame, like in Infinity War, when he died with Thor Ragnarok and everything after... The Avengers movie. Um, Everything that Loki, the variant at the TVA, did not get oh. to experience. All that extra stuff that he didn't actually experience. Where his life did change. Where his character did grow. Right. So like Thor Ragnarok. Right, right. right. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Because I personally think that non-variant Loki... Loki's defining moment was when in Thor Ragnarok, when Thor left to go rescue Asgard or the Asgardians, whatever, and he did his whole backstabby thing. Mm -hmm. But then he came back. Like that was the moment that I was like, okay, he's officially different now. Like there had been some other stuff just throughout of where you could tell that him and Thor were kind of mending their relationship, but it wasn't until he officially came back to help rescue the Asgardians that I felt like he had a true shifting. Okay. I don't think I agree with you. I think that was a moment. I feel like there have been moments throughout Loki's arc before Endgame, before he died, where he would have moments of good. Yes. And then but he would true, go back to himself. True decisive change. Yeah, I don't because, think it was. Because even a serial killer can have a moment where they're nice to a child. Sure. I think I think that's that's all that was, in my personal opinion. Is him going back to save Asgard, risking his life? For the Asgardians, I mean, was just another moment. He risked his life in uh, Dark World when he was fighting the guy that had the ether inside of him. He, like, faked his own death, right? He risked his life. But yeah. he ended up being the same same old Loki. Yeah. Okay. That's how, that's how I feel about it. Interesting. I guess because we never got to see him do his backstabby thing because he died. Right. Like, who's to say that he wouldn't have done another backstabby thing after that? That's what I think. I think that it can be argued that Loki's character arc in the series only, the TBA variant Loki, the change happened. I have two thoughts behind this. You may have heard these already. These are not my original thoughts. I got these from other creators. Okay. But it has been confirmed in canon that... Loki's use of the Mind Stone in his spear affected his mind. Yeah. Okay. Being that close to it did stuff to his mind, which is why he seems so amped up in that movie. Like he's extra evil in Avengers when he's like stabbing people, like literally stabbing people in the back and killing them and like making people bow and beating that one guy. It's, right. just, it's very intense. And it's been confirmed that that was because of the Mind Stone was... 
okay. pushing him Has a little bit beyond the edge. Confirmed? Mm-hmm. Who was confirmed? I don't remember who confirmed it. I could look up a source at a later date. Okay. But so when you think of it that way, even up until in game, right, he escapes with the space stone and the Tesseract. He's only been out from underneath the control of the Mind Stone for like, a, what, a couple of hours at that point? When he comes into the TVA? Mm-hmm. Correct. When the TVA captures him. And so then he goes into interrogation and that effect is slowly wearing off. Then he sees the end of his life. I, I wish, I can't remember, did they show any of the scenes of him and Thor like blowing out? No. Okay. Well, it would have made more sense to me if they'd shown some of that. Um, I mean, so Mobius only showed him like the stupid shit he did. Okay. So the backstabbing. Right. Okay. Right. Interesting. It would have made more sense to me if he had shown Loki like an image of Thor and Loki from Thor Ragnarok where they look reconciled. Right. So then variant Loki can look at future Loki and be like, oh, I do have that capacity. I think though... I think Mobius showing him the stupid things that he that he did maybe sparked, showed how actually stupid they were. Well, no, I was going to say, well, sure, but also may have sparked times in which he wasn't that stupid. But that's that's it's hard to say because that would all be in your conscious, you know. The other the other thing behind it is that so Loki's aggression, his backstabbiness, whatever, has always been out of self-preservation. He was he grew up in a family where he was not loved or cared right. for. Well, so he always felt like he had to prove himself. From his perspective, he was not loved or cared for. Right. Yes. He always felt like he had to prove himself to the people around him. Well, then he gets to the TVA and he finds out that the Infinity Stones are freaking worthless. Paperweights. There's nothing he can do right. in that context to prove himself. He literally right. has nothing. Right. And I think that also had an effect on his desire to prove himself because he realized he literally couldn't. Or he just went into survival mode. Right. And that that could have been, you know, that could have coincided with, I'm going to prove myself to be worthy of being alive. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Do, no. you f- do you feel like his final act at the finale of the series where he fought Sylvie to save Kang, do you think that was in character? In the new arc, yes, I do. See, I still feel like it's too soon. There's been like, what, a handful of actual days? Well, well, again, from my perspective, it was... It was but that's not reality. Sure. Why? Why? Why can't it be? That's all. That's all so, your personal perspective. People don't change that quickly in reality. You don't know that. I feel like it's out of character. What would have made okay. it feel more in character to me is if the reasoning behind why he didn't want to kill Kang came more from fear than out of a sense of like. It could have been. I when I watched it, I felt more that. The reason he didn't want to kill Kang was because he understood Kang's reasoning for why this was the right way. It was mm. out of like moral certainty that this is the best way for humanity to live is if we keep this sacred timeline. Right, right. It's like a morality thing. Okay. If it was more of a fear thing of I am afraid of what life would look like if a multiverse were to come about in a multiverse war. Because I feel like Loki does a lot of things out of fear. Sure. A lot of things. Survival. Out of fear and survival. But yeah, he, like, I get that. The reason what he told Sylvie, he was like leaning on that moral certainty thing. And I don't 
it didn't make sense to me personally. Well, uh, I think it was very interesting. There was, if I can remember correctly, I, I could not be, and I could be totally off base, but there was a line where he, Loki, was trying to reason with Sylvie and was like, I'm a liar. And so I know if he would be lying. Right. And he's not lying. And he's not lying. Yeah. So like that, that, I don't know, it, it, it played more into his, his realization of who he was and that played into his character art to me. Interesting. Yeah. Let's talk about Sylvie. Sylvie, Sylvie, Sylvie. So as a feminist, okay, I love that they did a female Loki. Sure. Um, I wish that there had been more exploration of like, maybe we will get it. Her motivation. Because there's six more episodes. Well, the motivation behind like what, what her Nexus event was, like why she became a variant, because they show her being taken, but they don't really explain like why she was taken. They right. also didn't. I am bothered by the fact that she never spoke about Thor ever. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was, that was pretty, pretty interesting. So a sure. real true Loki part of what defines a Loki is their relationship with Thor. Right. And I found that frustrating. But yeah. um, I appreciated her kickassery. I appreciated the story of like, this is one of my favorite character archetypes of like a solitary female, like just struggling on her own. She's by herself. She's got no one around her. Yeah. It's really depressing and sad, but I enjoy it. <laughs> Apparently I like depressing and sad things. Well, but I enjoy, I enjoyed her character overall. Okay. Not fully on board with it yet. Sure. I feel like there was some like blank spaces in her well, we that didn't, were left un, unfilled. Right. Because we didn't really get like a true motivation, you know? Yeah. Like we got... The, she wanted to kill the timekeepers, but why? The, well, the TVA like ruined her life and I get that. But but it's the whole thing of like, why did they even step in? Right. You know? Ooh, maybe that has something to do with it. What? Maybe she found out like what specifically her Nexus event was. Maybe that's part of what season two will be is that she finds out because she asked Ravona, she said, why did you take me? And Ravona said, I don't remember. So maybe season two is her finding out why they took her. That'd but it awesome. still doesn't make sense. I'm still confused as to like why she wanted to kill the timekeepers. I don't think it made sense. Her And she was so like set on it. Yeah. There were several conversations that were had that could have <laughs> that could have stopped her from being so just relentless in this pursuit of murdering the, the timekeepers yeah. that I don't know. It, there's something didn't add up, you yeah. know? Yeah. She was just so relentless about it. Yeah. So there's a lot of mystery shrouding Sylvie. Yeah. For sure. If you, if you think about it though, if you take, she was like, what? Eight. Yeah. She had to have been super young. Eight year old girl. And then she's literally living the entire rest of her life alone. at On the run. On the run during apocalypses. Like there's not going to be <laughs> a fully fledged human come out of For that. Sure. There's going to be definite psych psychological damage oh, there. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it doesn't have to make sense. Maybe she's just. If you think. So let's let's make a comparison. Okay. Arya Stark. Very similar situations. Yeah. I just made this connection. I like it. Arya also. Got taken away from her family at the age of eight on the run. Has to learn how to survive. Yep. Comes up with the vengeance plan of people she wants to kill. And the that's list. what gets her through her nights. And she becomes a hard ass. She does. And then she goes and kills those people. Right. The difference, though, is Arya 
didn't kill a couple of people. Right. Intentionally. Well, she, she still grew. Yeah. I think also the difference is she witnessed her motivation and we saw it yeah. plain and clear. Yeah. We don't see that in Sylvie. It's true. We didn't so, have enough time. Yeah. So maybe season two. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be more than six episodes too. The reason why, even the whole reason why season two is happening is because of COVID. Right. I know this. Right. So I think it's supposed to be eight, eight episodes. Okay. See, I thought it was supposed to be originally like 12 episodes. I cut it down, but that doesn't make sense. Whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I want to get more of Sylvie. I do have a feeling that she's going to die in season two. Okay. But also there's going to be a shit ton of variants running around. So maybe that Sylvie will die, but another one will live. <laughs> well, how do we even know that? that Which is which? How do we even know there's another Sylvie? Because Sylvie is just a variant of Loki. But it's a multiverse. Right. So there's going to be a variant of Sylvie who is a variant of Loki. There's going to be variants of every variant that ever varianted. The possibilities. My like brain I said can't earlier. handle it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be intense. Okay, Mobius. Mobius. Let's talk about Mobius. You know the thing, right? The Tony Stark thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I want to know his backstory, where he's a variant from, what his right. life on Earth was like. I don't... I never read about him in the comic books. It doesn't have so, to be. Right. But, like, I am i don't have any background on, on him at all. Right. And well, I feel like I should. No, no, no. I just... I'm curious because, for those of you who may not know, there is a line in... End game where Tony is working through with the new Jarvis, whatever their name is. Friday, uh, man. Okay, whatever. Friday. Come on. He's working through with Friday the algorithms for time travel, and they talk about some theory of time that Mobius came up with. It's the Mobius string or something. It's something Mobius like something. That. Yeah. So it has to be the same Mobius because they for all sure. go by their original names even yeah. if they don't remember where they're from right so I want to know yeah and it's just interesting I don't other than that though and besides the fact that he's played by Owen Wilson yeah yeah there's not really much to him there's yeah there's there's not a whole lot he has the I feel like at the end of this series the kind of typical uh 180 arc of the character yeah. you know where he's like and he he was he was all about this this one way, and then you know things got in the way, and then he's all of a sudden for the good guys, quote unquote, because who knows if they're the good guys, you know. So I I feel like that that was pretty pretty typical. Um, but yeah, I don't really have much to say about Mobius. I think it, I think Owen Wilson nailed it. Did a fantastic job. Yeah, he was yeah. so enjoyable to watch. For sure. For sure. Not really much going on I, there. I did very much like his interactions, his, his back and forth with, with, with the Loki. banter. It was yeah. so fun. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. I enjoy, I eat that crap up. Right. I know some people find it boring because it's just talking, but it reminds me of Gilmore Girls. It's a, That's the reason why a lot of people don't like Gilmore Girls is because it's just talking, but it's so witty. Yeah. And you can just follow along. Gilmore Girls is fascinating. It really is. Because just like the banter back and forth is just like, there's no space in between. Mm -hmm. They just know what they're going to say and they yeah. just bah, 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 just pop it. it off and it's it. smooth. Yeah. So fun. So. So, yeah, not not a lot to say about Mobius, but I, I'm interested in seeing when he returns in season two, because I'm yeah. sure he's going to. All right. Ravona. Ravona Renslayer. The only connection that I have to her is that she dated Kang in some of the comic books. Yes, but. What did you think of her character in the show? Right, right. Um, 
I thought she was annoying. <laughs> really? Yeah. What did you find annoying about her? Because she knew, based off of what we found out at the end of the series, she knew that it was a possibility that the timekeepers could be a lie. Right? Did you get that? I feel like... Okay, maybe not a lie, but she didn't... She didn't care. Care or no. Like, you know, she didn't really have any information on the timekeepers right. other than that they were through this door. Right. And like, and like she, because yeah, she didn't care. And so like all of her motivation, all the horrible things that she did was based off of this, this completely hollow belief that there was something bigger and better, you know, shuffling down orders. Yeah. So like that was frustrating to me, but I would have never known that until the end of the series. Yeah. You know, I found her fascinating. Okay. Because of that. Okay. Because of her just like insistence on blind loyalty to a yeah. cause that she doesn't fully understand. It was fascinating to me. There was no question. There was no hesitation. It was all 100% like, I don't care that the timekeepers are fake. I don't care that I'm not actually pruning people. I'm sending them to be eaten by this void. Yeah. But I'm still going to do my job. Like, it was such a level of, if you want to talk about, like, corporate robotism, robotism, <laughs> robotics, I like whatever. It. A corporate robot. Perfect example yeah. of a corporate robot. She's been in it so long. So many weird things have happened that she hasn't been able to get answers for. I'm sure. So, the conversations that she had with Miss Minutes at the end where she's asking for information and Miss Minutes is like, oh, I can't give you that. He doesn't mm -hmm. want me to. I'm sure that's not the first time that's happened. Yeah. And she just eventually you get to this place where you just can't care anymore right? because you'll drive yourself crazy, especially how much she was privy to like watching the one unit who Sylvie had first, you know, woken up basically right. and then having to prune her like no react. She just had to shut it all off. Yeah. And it's so fascinating to me because she did such a good job of it. First mm -hmm. of all. And second of all, I want to know, like I want to know more of her internal monologue of like why she was choosing to shut it all off. What yeah. specifically was causing it? Maybe just time. She, I mean, that would be the obvious explanation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, Especially I, being in charge of that. Right. Something so huge. I mean, she's number two. I know. Affecting so many people's lives, but not fully actually understanding what you're doing right. this entire time. Right. That's got to mess with your head. Yeah. So we have similar... Um, motivations for our opinions but different opinions different reactions yeah all right let's talk king you are so hype about this and i don't know why because he was one of the characters that i read about a lot okay so you have a good knowledge base for him from yeah, canon i do okay so he, what do you know tell me what you know about Kang. so he was one of the founders starters of young avengers okay um, he is um, in relation to Reed Richards. His his name is Nathaniel Richards. Yeah. So I think he is. Ah, shoot. Grandson or something or grandfather even. I don't know because yeah. the timelines are all messed up. I can't remember exactly. But he's in relation to Mr. Fantastic. Um, there are uh, so many aspects of King that. I mean, there had to be like series upon series of comic books written to like envelop 
what king was he's not just king the conqueror he's what what he talked about in the series he's right in the he's Wonders. been known by so many names yeah and so he this character is so fascinating he has um so he was born in the 31st century right and so all of his tech all of his all of his equipment is leaps and bounds beyond even what tony stark developed in in his time because right, it was you know time yeah it was a hundred years no it was what is that a thousand years a thousand years yeah after tony even even was a thing so his armor is uh is no one can touch it it's adaptive it's it's uh um he has um capabilities with his armor that he can transfer his consciousness into a different body before he dies Ooh. like oh it's 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 crazy he has it there's so many aspects to this guy that is just super far out there so it, i'm really interested in seeing how he's going to be introduced into not right. just the series but in the, the mcu, MCU in the cinematic universe yeah even in, into the movies because it, it's a game changer you thought thanos was a game changer he he shits on thanos <laughs> for breakfast you know uh so yeah it's it's there's a lot to him and it's crazy to think about um this king the the ancient no not the ancient one was uh he, who remains. he remains yeah yeah um he was complicated like there are so many aspects to him that that we don't get in the series at all um but that's just one of him you know there are how many variants right trying to conquer the sacred timeline like it's it's nuts yeah. it's crazy it's yeah it's nuts. So, yeah, I am excited uh, to see Kang. Um, did you notice that at the end? Maybe, no, maybe maybe it wasn't at the end. When when they were in the void, is that what it's called? What? Uh, the place beyond time. It's the Citadel. No, no, no. Where the big monster was. Yeah. Gosh, what's his name? Elias. Elias, yes. He's also in the comic books, but I've totally forgotten about him. I heard things. I think he's connected to Kang specifically from what I heard. Well, he Kang created him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there was a, a, like an Easter egg of, um, one of the variants of Kang. His head was chilling in the void. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. I thought that it was a sentinel. Okay. But I went back and looked and it has a very different face. You mean like from X-Men? Yes, exactly. That would have been huge. It looks just like one. But yeah. I mean, this is what the multiverse can do is it can open up those conversations. That's exactly easily. what's going to happen. I Correct. freaking love the X-Men. I know. I know. Lose my mind if we get more X-Men content. Sure. I mean, they've already made the deal. I know, but like, I can't wait. Right. I hope it's good. I hope it's good. We'll I'm going to be really sad if it's not good. No. So, Kang, But I'm yes. easy to please. Right. Kang, I am very excited to see where they're going with him. I, uh, it was really cool to see um, at the end of Loki when he came back to the TVA and it was a different timeline. That blew my mind. I was not expecting that. So I don't cool. know why I wasn't expecting that, but I just wasn't. I wasn't either. But it was a different king. This king yeah. chose to show himself and like be the ruler of the, the, TVA. the TVA. But it's yeah. still running the TVA. Correct. 
So is he still trying to maintain a sacred timeline? Yeah, they they all are. They're all trying to maintain a sacred they're, timeline, but their own sacred timelines. Correct. They're they are <laughs> they are all trying to um, suppress the other timelines and make their own timeline the sacred timeline. Interesting. Yeah, that is fantastic. Yeah, I so, love time shit. So it's it's weird that you can have so many different versions of something, but they all want the exact same thing. Yeah. So that's cool. I don't really have much opinion on yeah. the, you know, episode and a half that we got. Right. It was just one episode, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just one, yeah. One episode of, mm. I mean, I loved the unhinged vibe that I got. Like, that was so fun. So I have a question for you. Okay. How do you, what's your opinion on the decision that Sylvie made to kill him? Do, do you think she should, she should have spared him? No. No? Okay. Why? Because any type, it's it's very reminiscent of a dictatorship. Right. Explaining away why they choose to do awful things for the greater good. Knowing that no one else can actually fully ever understand their motivations. Like Kang was doing what he thought was the best for all of humanity over all time. But there was so much harm that was being caused regardless. I'm not saying that she made the right call or the wrong call, but it is it was the best call for her to make. Okay. Because from her perspective, it doesn't matter if he thinks he's preserving something sacred or something to maintain peace. He's restricting an entire universe, multiple universes, because of his own personal preferences. And from what you just said of all of the individual kings trying to maintain their own individual sacred timeline, they all would be doing the same thing. So why is this king any better than the other king, sure. King the Conqueror, who's more evil? Right. If they're all trying to do the same thing, which is restrict the literal multiple universes that exist sure. to their own personal idea of yeah. morality and ethics. And I okay. think that she made the call she had to make. Yeah. I don't. I can't say if it was right or wrong. Okay. Because it's gray. And it's gray on purpose. That was going to be my, my question is you you have the opinion of, of you don't think what she did was right or wrong, but she more or less caused another multiversal war that's well, going to end even worse than how it was. We haven't seen a war though yet. Like, yet. I know yet. Yeah. But also... If we talk about it's infinity, right? Mm, yeah. So it's a time loop. If in five universes there's a multiversal war, but in the others there's not. I mean, I understand the concept yeah, of yeah. a multiversal war. It's not just within their own timelines, right? But still, all of the other lives that are being lived and all of the other goodness that is happening, you can't weigh that out. Right. The good and the bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's too much. <laughs> so the multi, so the, the normal average person that's living their daily ass life not has no idea no that a multiversal idea. war is going on. They're True. just living. They're just living. Yeah, I, I get that. Whereas Kang was making the decision that because the multiversal war was bad for him, because right. he was fighting variants of himself, right. yeah, that's going to suck for you. Sure. He made the decision to then basically end all of those lives. Right. I don't agree with that. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So that's our breakdown of all the main characters. Not all of them, but the, the majority characters. of the main characters. Yeah. So the big hot topic question of the episode, 
how did you feel about the Loki Sylvie romance? <laughs> I am not a fan. I think it's incredibly weird. I don't even understand it. Yeah. I don't know why I'm getting heated, okay, here. I don't know why they had to go there. Right. It wasn't necessary for the I agree. story. It could have been a sisterly love. Loki never had a effing sister. It could have been a sisterly well, love. Technically he I, did. Hella. Right. But not one that he grew up with or spent any time with. Sure. Okay. I would have much preferred, since he officially came out as bisexual right. in the MCU, for him to be flirting the entire time with Mobius. I would have loved that. Do you think Mobius was his type, though? I feel like Mobius wouldn't wouldn't I, be his I type. I don't think that Loki Mobius really is old as shit. Type. He is a fucking variant. He's <laughs> not an age. He's right. outside of time. Right, right. Loki should have been ostentatiously flirting, because can you imagine Owen Wilson responding to flirtatious comments coming at him from Tom Hiddleston. It would have been <laughs> so pure gold. You're you're talking the actors themselves at this point. Well, that's where the chemistry of the characters comes sure. from, is yeah, from the yeah. actors. Right. The point is, though, is I think that the romance was forced. I think it was completely unnecessary. And I think it cheapens Loki's growth because he's not growing out of himself or out of a pure type of love. Romantic love is always possessional. Mm. It's almost always objectificational. <laughs> That's not a word. It it's almost always objectifying the other person. It's very difficult to be in romantic love with someone and not also be selfish about it. Okay. So. They didn't his, have to go there. They didn't have to go there. Yeah. I think it cheapened his character arc and I'm not a fan. Okay. It was also very freaking weird. Right. So I have a far less intense and complicated <laughs> answer. He basically made out with slash fell in love with himself, himself which <laughs> is not unlike him. Right. Because oh, definitely in Ragnarok, when Thor comes back from killing old thorny or, you know, horny, <laughs> the, the, the crown guy, who's Asgard to. dead, whatever. Um, and he was put on a play about himself. You know, he's, he's, yes. he's so like, he's the ultimate narcissist right. and falling in love with the version of yourself is ultimate narcissism. Truth. Literally narcissist fell in love with a mirror image of himself. Well, not mirror, but no, literally a mirror image of himself. Huh? And in, in the water, he was looking at himself in the oh, water. Oh, Narcissus. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. okay. I thought you were talking about Loki. Which could have been fantastic if they leaned into that. Right. If they leaned into Loki's narcissism and used that as why he was in love with Sylvie, but it wasn't. They painted it as this like pure devotion to someone so good. But she wasn't even that good. Yeah, I agree. And to someone he had a connection to, but he's had connections to other people. She's very unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was weird. I, I am with you. I don't think they should have gone there at all. I, In fact, I hope they... Nix it. I So there will always be... For him be, to flirt with Mobius. Sure. There will, there will always be the connection between him and Sylvie. But yes, they can dial back on on the romance. It, it's not necessary. I I feel like with the connection that they had already um, before the kiss, I felt like it could have been very very much a little sister or you yeah. know like a like a partner. I mean that scene with their first nexus event where they're cuddling under the right was very like romantic, sure. more so than platonic. But I get what you're saying of like a familial affection yeah, yeah. would have made well, much more sense. <laughs> They're the same. I mean, so, yeah. I asked you this off mic after we watched it, but I'm going to ask you again. What? 
Do you think that when Sylvie kissed him, it was just for manipulation? Or do you think that there was actual feelings behind her kiss? I don't know if she's capable of feelings. Oh? Of, okay, no, 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 sorry, sorry. Let me back up. I think she's capable of, I think she's capable of revenge feelings. The feelings of you anger. Think she, she shut herself off to her. Absolutely. Well, I, mean, because, I agree with that, but you can shut yourself off from them and still technically feel them. Um. So I think, I think it could have been both. I think I think part of it was manipulation, but I think she probably did open herself up a little bit to him because they spent so much time together that that he probably got her to trust him a little bit, you know. So it could have been both. I've gone back and forth. Yeah. I think when I first watched it, I thought that there was a little bit of feelings, most of the excuse me, mostly manipulation. But at this point, looking back on it, I'm 100 percent on the the whole manipulation thing. Okay. 100 percent It was yeah. all like she could tell where his feelings were. She thinks it's freaking weird. But she used it against him to get what she wanted. She was very convincing. Which I appreciate. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I think she was very convincing about it. Well, so, yeah, it's weird. Overall, it's weird. Overall, Disney, Marvel, we are not fans of. I've heard it referred to as self-cest. It is incest adjacent. I don't know. Can we say incest? Will we get demonetized? We're not monetized. We're not monetized. That was a joke. So. That was a joke. Oh, okay. No. Do you? Ha- I had another thought. Yeah. That I wanted to say before I got here. You lose, you lose it. What? We didn't talk about the multiple Lokis. Oh yeah, President Loki. Come on, that was awesome. And the and they had a whole Loki battle. That was amazing. Yeah, that was cool. It was so perfect to me. I've heard criticisms about it, but I enjoyed it thoroughly. You know what I found out about Alligator Loki? He wasn't always a gator. So the theory is, he did something Nexus, and he was legit turned into a gator, and then sent uh-huh. to the void. Who do you think turned him into the alligator? That's a great question. Probably Odin. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah. Fun fact. Um, you know the the real quick like one or two second scene where they're they're painting up through the dirt and Tiny Thor, Frog, Frog Thor, Thor is they actually brought Chris Hemsworth in. Oh, to really? record that. Okay, yeah. that's funny. It's not a clip from, from a different movie. They actually brought him in to um, record that. Do we know how much he was paid to do this? We don't. <laughs> but we do know that he wasn't brought in just for that. Mm. They were deleted scenes. He, oh. he was brought in for scenes that did not make the cut. So maybe we can find those scenes. Interesting. And watch them. So. Okay, so while we're on this topic, I'm going to bring this up because this has struggled with me. This has bothered me since Endgame. Okay, let's talk timeline here. Timeline in a timeline in which there are no timelines. Right. Okay. Original Avengers movie. Loki is captured. The Tesseract is taken and shipped off to a specific location. At which point Thanos gets it, takes it, then snaps it and it's gone. Okay. Endgame timeline. Avengers go back to 2012 to try to retrieve it. Loki takes it. Branch timeline, whatever. Nexus event. Avengers then go farther back in time, right? They go to the 70s to get it, right? Uh, the where, where Tesseract? Did they get it? Yeah. 
Uh, I don't remember what they do. What do they do? Because if you're thinking about this in like a one timeline thing, the 2012 Tesseract is now gone from the timeline. Regardless of if they go back and get it from a further back time, when the Captain America took it back, he had to take it back to that farther back time. It's not the 2012 time. Right, because so the it's 20... just gone. No, it ended up at the TVA. It did end up at the TVA, but when so the TVA came in and set up the time, set up the like the reversal, right, where they reverse the timeline, yeah. and they set it back to right. Mm-hmm. What at what point did they come in and do that? So I would say they did it before Loki left because Steve Rogers went back and put the stone back where it was in the seventies or whatever. Right. And then, so that never, the, the Nexus event never happened. Right. And so then this is why it gets so wibbly wobbly. It's weird. Wibbly wobbly. Yeah. Because they're still going back to 2012. Who is? The Avengers. So in this, in Endgame, it is a closed time loop. They very specifically say it's a one loop thing. Right. Where, they go back, they put it back. Things go on as normal. Correct. But they can't go on as normal because Loki took the Tesseract and disappeared from the timeline. So that's where the TVA stepped in. But the TVA couldn't step in except for before the Avengers got there. I would say... It- in which case, Endgame can't happen because they have to go back to 2012. But if the TVA resets the timeline before they get there, then they can't go back there. Does this make sense? It just but doesn't work. It, Someone would have had to go get Loki and bring him back. Wait. That's, Wait. Did you figure it out? Okay. Yes. So let's theoretically say that the TVA reset the timeline to right before Loki got the Tesseract. Correct. There would then be something that happened where he didn't get it. Someone else got it. Like when Thor comes crashing through the elevator, someone stops him from taking it. Or in the appropriate sacred timeline. Well, or it still happened, but it played out how it was supposed to. Because it, the only reason it didn't play out how it was supposed to was because the Endgame Avengers went to 2012. If they never did that, because they fixed the timeline, then um, Thor would have never ran into Tony Stark. Who but, had the te- but they had to. Right. They had to go back to 2012, not just for the Tesseract. They go back for multiple reasons in 2012, because that's the time when there's three stones in New York. Right. So they have to go back to 2012. So the TVA can't reset it before the Avengers get there. They have to reset Mm. it right before Loki got the Tesseract. But there has to be someone else there. Maybe a TV agent stands there and makes sure Loki doesn't get the Tesseract at that moment. So things can continue on as normal. But what's normal? Is normal them going to 2012 and yes. stealing the Tesseract? Yes, because this is a closed loop. That right. has to happen in order for Endgame that to happen. That was supposed to happen. Right? So I just answered it. I figured it out okay. on my own. But that it means that That's a TVA a theory, person has to stay there. It is a theory. Otherwise, yeah. it doesn't make sense right. because Loki still gets the Tesseract. Man. Yeah, that's pretty intense. Glad we figured this out. Sure. Although I'm going to need Marvel to contact us and confirm. <laughs> yeah. <sure. laughs> All right. So last segment of the podcast, we want to talk about season two predictions. Of Just Loki. real quick. Yeah. Just real quick. Sorry. Go ahead. 
No, like just real quick. Season, oh, season yeah, okay. two predictions. Right. I'm going to go ahead. I already said a couple of mine. Yeah. We're going to hear about Sylvie's uh, Nexus event. What caused her to be taken? Um, Sylvie's going to die. Dang. Those are my two predictions. I agree with that. Well, what predictions <laughs> do you have? <laughs> I don't know if I have any. I want Loki and Mobius to flirt. Uh, yeah, Maybe this new timeline that Loki's in, him and Mobius, Mobius is a little bit more flexible and he'll flirt. Okay. He'll flirt. That's what I want to happen. I am curious to see if kind of the same thing doesn't happen again. Because regardless of what timeline they're in now, it's still set up the same way. Uh, um except for Kang is now showing himself as the timekeeper. So I'm curious if kind of the same setup is going to happen, but maybe a little different. What? Do you think the multiverse was started prior to WandaVision? Do you think they released these not in chronological order? Or let's even go as far as to say Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Do you think what's the events of Falcon and the Winter Soldier were in the main timeline or a different timeline? We can answer that question. Oh, timeline-wise. A different multiverse. That's what the multiverse is, is multiple right. branching timelines. So I don't I don't know. I can tell you where they're at in the in the ancient or the The Sacred Timeline. The sacred timeline, yeah. Right, I can too. Right. But whether or not they're in different timelines, I don't know. Because I saw a TikTok today from a guy who pointed out that on Disney Plus, they have in their Marvel section a chronological order layout of all the movies starting as far back as Captain America to Captain Marvel going forward. Loki is put in that timeline after Endgame before WandaVision. Interesting. Yeah. That's a little... blow your mind? Yeah, a little bit. Because, I mean, I know it makes sense, but Monica Rambeau... Mm -hmm felt like it was not normal i don't know something about monica rambo's story in wandavision felt alternate universe to me really i have no idea why uh, but i mean like all of the signs of where she came from were there though they can still be there this just be a different universe okay. i don't know it just felt really interesting to me all right i guess we'll find out will we? i guess we will cool. i can't believe you didn't have any predictions for season two yeah i don't know because i don't know like uh, whether or not, well, do you think this is going to be an evil king? Is this is this going to be King the Conqueror? Because if it is, they have a whole host of issues. I think there's so many timelines. Well, well, I think I think we're clearly going to be focused on the timeline in which Loki landed when he came back to the TVA. I don't think so. I think we're timeline hopping. I mean, that would be cool. Because he has to go get Sylvie, who's outside of the timeline, but she's going to in- re-enter the timeline in her original timeline. Was she timeline. still at the Citadel? She was still at the Citadel. Okay. Oh, I remembered the thing I was going to ask you. What? Sorry, quick little tangent. Did you notice that the Citadel looked like one the of... The Quantum Realm. No. Oh, that's one, also a theory. Sorry. One of the, like, cathedrals, whatever they're called, from Doctor Strange. <laughs> Yes. The sanctums, the sanctums. Yes. The freaking window that King sat in front yep. of was one of those freaking sorcerer symbols. It was completely intentional for him to sit in front of that of window time. for as long as he did. I saw another theory today, but I don't want to bring it up because it's not my theory. That was intentional, though. Okay. And I noticed that and I was like, that's a freaking Doctor Strange. This has got to be like the ancient one had to be involved here. It's possible. There's a whole there's a there's so much we can talk about. There's there's a whole 
side tangent on on the ancient ones influence in the in the timelines and oh, stuff yeah. like that oh yeah. yeah but i did real quick hear about and went back and kind of researched a little bit and saw that there's a theory that the citadel is in the quantum realm and um stinking ant-man pen pim hank pim hank pim his wife whatever her name is can't remember dang it will come into play jackie Janet Janet will come into play because she lived down there for 50 something years or something yeah. like that. So yeah, yeah that's going to be interesting too. Yeah. I don't think it's in the quantum realm. It's a theory. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with that one. All right. <laughs> this has been our recap discussion conversation on Marvel series Loki. This was fun. I had a lot of fun yeah. as well. Um, it's been really difficult not to talk about this stuff with you all week long, know, though, right. because we wanted to record. Cool. So for those of you who have made it this far, thank you so much. You're the real MVP. We will be having more Marvel discussions in the future. We are interested in discussing Black Widow, which we saw this week. We did. are interested in discussing WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. However, because this is not strictly a Marvel-themed podcast, Correct. we're actually going to next week transition to talk about something else, which is near and dear to my heart. And what that we, is what the- we're talking about? The, 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 the Expanse series by the James Corey. We're going to be talking about both the books and the TV show because Correct. I have read the books. Um, Scotty and I are watching the TV show currently. And I feel like it is an underdeveloped, underhyped series because I have been blown away by it. And I it's don't hear awesome. enough people talking about the TV show. So we want to shed some light on that and just yeah. have a quick discussion on that as well. Love so. it. If you're interested in sci-fi, space operas, books, um, Amazon Prime TV shows, yeah. make sure you come back next week. If you um, are interested, you can catch us on TikTok at A Geek and a Nerd. And also we have a Twitter page. Just uh, A Geek and a Nerd is our handle. Mm -hmm. Correct. And we will be doing some posts and um, some tweets on that. So check in on it. Also, if you have any questions or anything that you want to submit, any topics, any comments, you can email us at scottyandrachelsanders.com. That's our personal email. So feel free to do that. Thank you guys so much for listening with us. This has been A Geek and a Nerd. We will see you next time. Bye.